as we head into the final few weeks, I've assembled, I've assembled the dream team to discuss the OMT FFL. I'm here with Alex Reed. Good afternoon, Ralph. And and from his shame palace <laughs> in Stratford, East London, Richard Fox. Good evening. The, the Good Earth, evening. The Earth, and happy Easter. The Earth, and yes, happy Easter to all of our followers. Uh, the champion elect with the champion and seven weeks left seven weeks left <laughs> yes um, it seems like it's flown by I believe so yeah but I can't believe you've already had 30 weeks of this season it's it's been I remember I can remember still vividly that, that day back in August when we were putting our teams together but here we are the final the final furlong Richard you've I think on our last podcast, it was mentioned that your lead was unassailable and there hasn't been much to change that opinion. Is the lead, I, um, is it unassailable? Uh, I think I had last, last week, the week just gone was very important to, to lengthen the gap between Lloyd. Um, I don't think it's unassailable completely yet. There is the, the big double game week coming where... More I'm on sure that, more on that later. Uh, just a little teaser on that, yes. uh, which I think could be... <laughs> stick, could be to the, stick to the agreed-upon structure, please. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Um, I, I think at this stage, 61 points ahead, seven weeks ago, it's going to take quite a collapse not to win it. But if, if anyone can, it, given, given the, the strength of the amount of Arsenal players in my team, uh, and everyone knows how prone they are to that kind of big upset. Um, so it's it's tough to see um, loyalty catching up at this stage. Uh, maybe even yourself are having a, a late push. But Don't be stupid. <laughs> uh, it, as I say, it all comes down to that, that double game week, I think. But barring any catastrophes, I probably need, I think I need two to three more sort of 45, 50 point game weeks and that should probably do it. When, when do you think you'll start being secure and when we start assembling the cabinet, not until we hear it's mathematically confirmed. Not okay. We hear we hear that you, we hear <laughs> the last game of the season. <laughs> we hear that you have a pre-order at IKEA for a for a trip for a cabinet. Is this true? Look, the, the or are you going to borrow Danny's? I make many different orders on a, on a normal day. Um, you know, I, I... we're not here to dissect your outgoings. <laughs> Uh, I can't confirm or deny that rumour at this stage. Um, just keeping the team focused on the next game, not focusing on the, the rumour-mongering and the accusations that some people have thrown around uh, and just taking it step by step. Richard, I've, I've, I've got a question um, for you. And, um, incidentally, I, I've been very impressed by your, your performance this year. Um, and I, I, I think that uh, you're certainly in the discussion for being um, the top uh, player in our league, um, and, and you know, it's, it's a privilege to be able to to, to, to talk to you about your uh, your team. Uh, you, you, you're you're not only at the top of the league; you're also in the cup. Uh, and I guess I guess there's some debate about the importance of, of of the cup, and I think the league is probably most people's priority. Uh, how, how are you going to manage your squad uh, in in both competitions? Uh, given that people like myself, who who are pretty much out of, of of the reckoning for the league, will be you know prioritizing the cup ahead of everything else. 
It's a good question, and thank you for those, uh, those kind words. Um, I, I think, as you probably saw last year when you managed to win both the Cup and the League, uh, when the League performances sort themselves out, the Cup tends to follow. Um, so I certainly won't be. I won't be, you know, saving uh, any of the remaining boosts for a particular cup week. It'll be all be, all be used to maximise the, the the league until that's secure. The cup is is more of a, a distraction, a sideshow. So that yeah, some of the teams, some of the fringe players can get involved um, for the rotation. Are you are you feeling are you feeling pressure to be the only person who to not win the double? Sorry, say that again. Are you feeling the pressure that you might be the first person to not win the double? To not win the double? Yes. I, I have to say, it hasn't crossed my mind at this stage. <laughs> uh, it's it's just that, that all these distractions are coming in and out of you know, winning the double, you know, making a legacy, creating history. You know, this this is all this is all talk until it's actually over the line. Um, yeah, the, the the aim throughout this process has been to create a legacy and, and something that can, that can build upon rather than just a temporary temporary team winning it. Um, so are you going to say are you saying do. you're going to keep the same team for next season? Um, <laughs> there's, there's certainly a few individuals who I'd like to keep hold of but I admit it's going to be a challenge. Wholesale, wholesale changes for Richard's team next year you heard it here first. <laughs> Richard um, it's you know, I'm I'm very interested in in learning from from top performers uh, in whatever field they are. Um, what, what do you think is your edge in in the league? Well, why have you performed so well this year? Um, can you isolate a couple of uh, you know things that you've been do- you you did going into the draft or, or or throughout the year that have contributed to to your uh, success this season? Um, well, I think you're you're failing to flatter yourself there, Freed, as a as the reigning cup and league champion. You know, I, I, there's only so much I can impart on you that you don't already know. Um, I think this season, um, obviously, the, the the prominence of Vardy has been crucial, um, and uh, along with I think the the, the biggest thing seen has been the consistency in the defence. Um, a guy a guy like Robert Hood is a great example. Relatively unheralded before the draft, but has become an absolutely pivotal figure. Mm. Contributed about five or six goals a season. Um, he he's been the rock for this ti- this title challenging team, I think. And I think it's finding again. It's it's similar to last season. I think which you you experienced with the likes of you know, Charlie Austin, who who was a key factor in success, but not necessarily spent big big money. And I think. That is a continuing trend. It's that, you know, the likes of Pay, for example, he was very, you know, very much heralded before the season started, but I, I can't remember how much he went for. It certainly wasn't you know, more than 13 million, I don't think. Um, and I think that trend's going to continue. You'll see you know, the big hitters, the likes of Aguero, you know, Rooney's already started to decline, Yaya Torre's probably leaving, um, Ian Hazard's had a woeful season by his standards, um, you know, Alexis Sanchez has been in and out of form. The, the traditional big hitters just don't justify the kind of 22, 23, 25 million spend anymore they once did. So it's it's finding really the players in that second bracket down and, and maximising their value, I think, is critical. And of, of the of the chasing pack, um, obviously I think me and Freed have a bit of a sort of mini, ba- mini battle within a battle for, for the Champions League spots. Um, 
But of of Lloyd and of Lloyd and Tiggy, who, which team are you most concerned about, and and whose team do you think is most praiseworthy? I like Tiggy's team a lot. Um, I think yeah, he chose very wisely with Özil this year. Özil and Paye is, is a you know, remarkably potent combination in midfield. I've always been a massive advocate of, of you know, high scoring midfielders, high value midfielders. Um, the, the challenge to his team is he had this he had this dilly dally with uh, Carol and Niassi switching back and forth and that looks like it's cost him a few points uh, not sticking to one or the other. Uh, I liked I like I probably liked his team a little bit more just because there's a bit more variation across the team. Whereas I think Lloyd is very very reliant at this stage on Sigurdsson and Lukaku for points, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, he he beat me to the likes of Kazri as well as a player I wanted, um, and. The, the challenge here is at this stage is not just identifying players that score points, it's players that the opposition doesn't have. So unless they get a clean sheet, the value of that is only so much to me at this stage because Lloyd has Morgan as well. Um, so I think the biggest threat um, is, is still probably going to be Lloyd. Um, yeah, the, the, the challenge Tiggy has is two, three out, two out of three main strikers, Mitrovic and Defoe are both in significant relegation battles and have struggled to score. Well, Defoe's done okay, but Mitrovic has struggled to perform in fitness all season. Um, so I think Tiggy with that pay and as a combination, now Arsenal are out of the Champions League and pretty much out of the title race. That's usually when Arsenal pick up pick up speed again as well. So you wouldn't be surprised to see Ozil getting a few more assists before the end of the season. Yeah, it's, I, I, I find it's very interesting because, um, you know, for, for a while, I think you had a little bit of a slump um, maybe uh, you know, going back a few a few game weeks uh, when Lloyd, Lloyd and Tiggy were really sort of inching ground uh, on you, um, and it did look. I know I know some people were saying that that, that, that the, the momentum was, was with them, um, but you, you proved last week when you when you had a big big week and you just sort of stuck your neck out, um, separating yourself from the pack again. Um, how difficult it is for these guys to, to close a lead, and I think in particular this year. Because of the window, you had a very good third window, um, and and you've improved your team. And it just, I, I I can't see a way where you're going to lose ten points a week, which is what Lloyd would need um, to, to to get him over the line. Um, because you know that means he has to be better than you every single week by quite a considerable margin. Uh, and and you've got you've got you know a really potent squad of guys. Who, who are doing the business for you? I, th- I think the, the biggest opportunity for Lloyd and Tiggy is that they have clear, well-defined captaincy material, which I don't have at this stage. Uh, Vardy's goals have dried up significantly in the last two months. Jury's form has gone off the cliff in the last six weeks. Uh, I don't think AU scored in two months. Um, yeah, so, so although these, these big weeks are coming, and that's great to have that kind of strength and depth, when those players don't perform, which notably they don't on certain weeks, there's there's more of a, an insurance policy in place for the likes of Lloyd, you know, Lukaku, yeah. Simpson, almost you, always getting goals and assists. You, you, you've, assists got to be, as well. you've got to be putting your your your, your faith in Vardy at this point, I, I, I would imagine, um, because you know, he, although he's not, he, you know, he, he's not banging them in for fun. He's getting assists. He's still, you know, his team really needs contribution from him. I, I, I think he will uh, he'll safely guarantee the result for you when it comes down to it. But that was my thinking as well, and that's why I, I stuck with him. And yeah. what a fantastic goal he scored last night against Germany as well, which should do absolute wonders for his confidence. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, ten points a week every week is is a big mountain, but it's by no means unachievable. And free, this is your this is your um, sabbatical year, well well documented sabbatical year, and it's are you feeling are you feeling now uh, feeling how are you feeling this year? Well, um, a chance to, a chance to reassess the reassess the market, reassess. You know, the, the, the thing from my, my side is you know it's it's nice to be in in, in the you know, it's nice to be in, in in the mix fourth or fifth. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll I'll end up top five at the very least. Um, that sort of that massages the figures a little bit because it's so reliant on on Mares. Um, uh, and you know that that's been something that I couldn't have predicted, that nobody would have predicted, uh, and I think it, it has papered over the cracks in a strategy that I, I'm not sure was uh, optimal. Uh, you know, going forward, I, I will be changing things when it comes to next year's draft. I, I'm I'm not so sure that the heavy hitter model is is as outdated as as Richard and many others think. Um, I'm quite attracted to the idea of, of of investing in the right heavy hitter, um, simply for for, for the, you know, the captaincy benefits, uh, and also because I do think they they exist. And I, I think this year has been an aberration. Uh, Leicester and Spurs, being the top teams in the table, are not representative of where the strength lies in 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 the league from a fantasy perspective. And I think with the with the emergence of people like um, Guardiola at City, you know whoever replaces um, the guys at Chelsea and United. I think those teams are going to be very strong next year, and I think that really the premium is going to be for getting you know a Sergio Aguero or or, or whoever uh, emerges as as the front runner at, at someone like Chelsea or, or, or United. And I think so. I think something that well, there's obviously a lot of discussion about. About going in the lead up to the first window, about should Yath have dropped Hazard? Retrospectively, he he should have. But that having that having that sort of gun player means that when you go into going to the window, if they're having that, if they're having a shock of a season, if they pick up those injuries, that's their that they have they're carrying a value. Hazard probably would have had a thirteen million pound value. So yeah, Yath could have Yath would have had the pick of the pick of the draft, and so there's. There's an element of there's not it's not necessarily a risk to go for these big players, but there's a full, there's a fullback there there is a fullback option if they're having bad seasons yeah. that they can. And I think you know, one, there's one thing between you know I, I don't think I'll be going for somebody who's 25 million half my budget. Uh, you know, I, I look at someone like Kieran who who got Harry Kane. Uh, I think he spent about 18 million on him. Yeah. Uh, that that's probably the sort of player and the sort of price that I'm looking for out of my captain, um, and uh, I, I'm I'm very uh, I'm a big believer in um, the the winner. I, I always think the winner of the draft or the winner of the league has got some sort of edge on the competition, and whether that's a slightly different uh, tr- strategy or he's read the league in, in a slightly different way, um, that's where I try and put myself. And my reading is that the era of heavy hitters um, could be back. And I all, I'm also particularly attracted towards strikers because I think that the, the market for strikers has slimmed dramatically. Um, long gone are the days, in my opinion, where you can afford, um, you know, to, to, for your third striker, 
to be uh, a regular starter unless you're putting lots of money into that into that person. So I'm really targeting strikers next year, um, and and I think that's going to be my differential. Just just going back to a point you made uh, about the likes of um, you know, Guardiola and whoever takes over at United, I think they're actually raises more instability than it creates guarantee. You know, you've seen in the past how you know, Guardiola is notoriously tactically flexible in terms of his selection. He, you know, he regularly used the false knives of Barcelona drop the strikers that he had. Um, and like, you don't know who's going to come in at United and what kind of selection preferences they'll prefer. You know? um, so, and that may not be in place till even after the draft. So I think that creates a certain amount of, of, of instability around what are traditionally the, the big top four picks, the big heavy hitter teams, where you know their their kind of cadre of, of top players will always guarantee you X amount of points, um, and I think that that established pack for falling back and the the relative underperformances of likes of Chelsea, City, United, to a certain extent Arsenal this season have shown that that kind of shift from the heavier model to a, a much greater degree of talent spread out across more teams, and, and I agree that's why strikers are at a much higher premium. So you alluded, you alluded to it earlier. There's a there's an elephant there's an elephant in the room. It's game week 34, just around the corner. The the big the big double game week. I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of a lot of hype going into it. I think we've got double game weeks for Liverpool, United, and uh, we've got a few other teams who are going to be. Who else? Do Arsenal have a double? Yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal double game week. So. There's some big selection. There are some big selection choices, and that could be that could be a, a swing week. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think that week is going to be decide? Do you think that week's going to be decisive for the season? It's it's going to be more bust, I think, certainly for the, the, the teams with places to play for and, and, and cup games to still to play for. Uh, you know, I would expect Lloyd to go big with a double captain for Everton's double. Double game week comes in for Lukaku. Um, similarly for Tiggy, double captain for for Urza when Arsenal comes in. Um, so yeah, it's going to be significant. Yeah, if, if say uh, yeah, well, it's not it's not feasible for the likes of Lukaku to get three goals, four goals in those two games. I'm looking at the fixtures now. It's against Watford and Crystal Palace, uh, you know, particularly Palace, very very poor defence at the moment. You know, three or four goals plus bonus points in both games. You're looking at you know potentially yeah. 45, 40 point, maybe 50 point. Um, even more than that you know, from one player and that's why it can be so pivotal I think um, so yeah I would expect both of them to go very very big on those game weeks and that will be pivotal it's really whether this, this kind of comes back to my um, foolhardiness in uh, using up that triple captaincy earlier in the season um, when Giroud was a better form um, so yeah I think it's going to be it's going to be crucial but I, I think nothing will be held back over those two weeks yeah, so it's it's very interesting. I, I I was quite surprised to see you use your triple captaincy earlier in the season. Uh, can you give us an insight into into why you decided to 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 expend it at that at that point? Uh, it was about kind of keeping momentum up. Giroud was in pretty good form uh, up against. I think at the time it was one of the promoted teams who was in bad form at home, where he scores more goals. Um, and yeah, some of some of these things sometimes. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's not always the, the mathematically correct decision to do certain things. Um, but you've got to go with your gut. And in 
in this instance, it didn't pay off. Uh, I mean, he got, I think he got 15 points, he got an assist or something. But uh, yeah, in, in hindsight, it was a mistake. But, you know, you've, you take the rough with the smooth and hopefully it won't come back to bite me uh, in two weeks' time. There is also a double game week, week 37, by which point it, things could be too late, but there's a double game week uh, for United, West Ham, uh, Everton and Liverpool, and Liverpool again. So it, 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 could be, it could be a toss-up for which, which week to use the triple captain. It might, might, take, might take a bit of luck, depends on the fixtures, but Presumably that's, I, I think, uh, I think, I think it might be better. Clash with the cup fixture. Sorry. No, there aren't any cups in double double game weeks. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, and, it's, another, and then there's another dud week game that yeah, game it's, it's, a, it's a it's you know it's a poison chalice, isn't it? Because to have a player who's going to benefit from double game week in game week 37, you're going to lose him in game week 35. So uh, it's 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 a, you know if you get your captaincy right and if you use your triple captaincy chip on a double game week. It can be a differentiator, but I, I, I think over the course of the next eight weeks, the double game weeks will not be as significant as 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 um, as, as we are assuming they will be. Now, I, I remember um, last year when uh, when it was between myself and Kieran coming towards the end of the season, um, and both Liverpool and Chelsea had a double game week. We, I captained Sterling, he captained Hazard. They got four points apiece. Uh, and, 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 you know, it had very little bearing on, on the rest of the season. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, you know, we're not talking about uh, an automatic, uh, you know, acceleration of, 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 of points here. I think it's something to be on your radar and something that I'm sure, I'm sure will, 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 will keep you worried. But I think your buffer is, is so strong that barring anything dramatic... Um, you should be fine going out of that double game week. That's fair. As a as a fluid organisation, always looking always looking for the next for the next uh, enhancement. We've had this is the first year of the window. I think we can agree uh, to to a certain extent that. Well, no, it's been—it's definitely been successful. But the uh, debate, debate, or rage, no doubt, as to what can we do to keep to keep the game move, to keep the game moving forward. I think the the uh, chance win has been successful in two ways. One, it adds uh, definitely adds a kind of an extra tactical layer to things, uh, and I think the silent auction format is—I uh, never used that before. It's the first time I've used silent auction. I think it works really well. Um, it's, uh, it, it really requires um, you know, a, a good deal of, of risk and reward. Um, you know, do you do you gamble and go for a first pick with a highly rated but highly sought after player, or do you try and position a, a player that's perhaps less on everyone's radar and go for that first to increase your chances of picking him up? I do think, from an organisational standpoint, we could probably limit it to two windows rather than three. Um, and the third point is, I think it, it's great for keeping interest and involvement in the league up because previously when when players were kind of teams were crippled by suspensions injuries and so forth you got, you got the sense that some managers found it hard to to continue investing their time when there was zero hope of them 
getting out of a situation with six, seven players on the sideline. So I think it's definitely been a success. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think you nailed it with your first point, being that well, I think one of the great points about the, um, the silent auction uh, is that it almost demands that almost every player has a different strategy. Um, and you know, that, that is something that really um, appetizes someone like me who, who's into the strategic uh, aspects of, 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 of things. Um, and, and it really has sort of brought a new dimension to the way that we, uh, we approach the, 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 the creation of our, of our teams. Um, you know, I, 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 I said it before and uh, I sort of hinted at it on, on, on the group chat. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously somebody who, who takes this, this organization quite seriously. You know, we, we all know who are the ones who also take it seriously. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious that it should still be an activity that people who don't take it seriously can uh, get something out of and can still be sort of a valued member of, of, of the league. Um, I, think, I, th- I think on balance the window has been good and it doesn't require, <clears throat> it doesn't require um, those who don't want to participate to participate um, you know, in, in, to a tremendous degree. But I, 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 would, I would seek to sort of close the drawbridge from here um, because I think we could be getting to the point where um, it is becoming too much and it is demanding time from from some people in our in our group. And I'm not saying that we should sort of you know be uh, we, sh- we, we shouldn't bring ourselves down to the lowest common denominator. It's it's just that it you know it is ultimately a bit of fun and. Um, you know, when I see people not actually bidding in the third window, that's sending a signal to me that perhaps that's that's a step too far. Maybe maybe we are asking a bit too much from people who, let's face it, um, don't live and die by the the fortunes of their fantasy league team. Could we put that quote fantasy just a bit of fun on some sort of plaque to put outside your your uh, your office? Well, because I, I I think I think it's been great the pod. The, it's really been a boost for the podcast. I, I mean, I'm getting I'm getting emails from as far flung places as Russia. Are you so, on email, right? Huh? Are you on email? Yeah, you have to, you simply have to be on email. If you have any suggestions for the if you have any suggestions for league, obviously the executive board uh, will <clears throat> will be taking them. If you email omtffl at gmail.com uh, with your with any suggestions that you might have for how the organisation can improve, that that will be put forward at, at the round at the at the, the annual round table yeah. and one of the one of the great things about the window for me has been it has really reinvigorated me for for the draft i'm really looking forward to that day in august you know it's 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 just around the corner it's only a couple of months away um and i think i think you know every year it seems to be more exciting it matters more. I think having a great winner this year, it's been a, it's been a really top uh, competition this year. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed my time off. You know, it was, it, it was hard being uh, at, at the coal face for a couple of years. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to, to getting, getting my teeth stuck into it again. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, I, I think the quality in the league now is, is of such a quality and I, I, I actually think that you know we're at a point now where, where if somebody was to join our league uh, afresh having no 
experience with this style of, 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 of fantasy league, they'd be at a serious disadvantage and it would take them quite a long time to, to get up to pace. Uh, but which brings, brings me to Tiggy, who we've, we've touched on. Uh, really great to see him uh, re- really sort of uh, rise to the challenge. You know, he's, he's, he's had a, a lot of time around the league and now he's, he's really proven himself. Maybe next year is his year to kick on and, 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 and win the whole thing, if not this year. I think it. I think. I think it really. It's a real testament to, to our attitude to homegrown players. I think we've seen. I think that's what we've seen yeah. in, in real life this year. Tottenham have, you look at their squad. It's all. It's homegrown talent. Yeah. That's that's what that's what we want. It's people with, youthful and youthful exuberance and enthusiasm, with a, with with an inkling of talent, and they've shown. Tiggy's shown promise in, in the years before. He hasn't even finished bottom when he's picked up. Uh, when he's just been playing, you know, getting the feelers out, but it's, it's it's great to see, and I think it's been a it's been a good year for, uh, you know, it's given Oli a, a year off. You know, he he he's going to have to come back. He's going to he's going to have to reassess. He's going to have to reassess and come up strong. He he hasn't gone this he hasn't gone this long without winning a title. Mm-hmm. You know that. I think, that, I think, and I think been, uh, will will, any, will uh, he he could he could become. He could become regarded as a great manager, but historically, you know, he, you have to you have to move you have to move with the times. And you don't you don't want to you don't you don't want to be a Liverpool harking back harking back to their former to their former titles. I, I don't think Ollie's at that that stage of complacency no, or, or arrogance. Uh, young Bucks, Danny, will, there's so much preseason hype, and he crum and he crumbled. Mm. Will he will he be able to, you know, put in that same research that he did into the draft? But maybe, maybe take the the actual occasion more seriously. I think I think the occasion overwhelmed him. I think I think his confidence has taken a, a hammer blow from the, the last four to five months. You know, he was sailing free, top of the league, fan favorite, everyone backing him, and then to have such a crash. I mean, to go from from first to eleventh in in four months, it is quite remarkable. And I, I think I, I think the final the final point is, we started off the season with a bookmaker. Uh, they actually sponsored this podcast. Uh, I haven't seen any of the money. Uh, that came that came, and they seem to have folded. I think there was there was an element brought in. It's good that we tried these things, but w- will we see our points suspect next year? Only time will tell. Probably not. One yeah. uh, one last for me um, about, about the uh, the relegation battle um, who, who do we think is is best positioned to avoid it there's only 10 points separating Gaz and Yaka at the bottom um, who do you think is going to end up with the, with the second well I, I I think I think it, I think it will be Kaz um, I, I, I can I can pretty much say what I like about his team because um, <laughs> let's face it He's not listening to, the, to say, this recording. He did say he was going to be uh, you, you know, um, when, when, when Kaz didn't uh, bid for the last window, um, I, I, I felt like karma won't be on his side. Uh, I, I've got a lot of time for, for Yath as a, as a man and as a fantasy league player. Uh, I think he's had a really tough season. Nobody could have expected uh, Eden Hazard to have 66 points at this point. 
in, in the season. Um, but you know, credit to Yath, he's always kept he's kept on going. He's treated the windows seriously. He's still managing his team. And I, I actually think you know you mentioned Danny before. Um, both of these guys, they they've been knocked down a peg this year because they they. they Really, you know, it hasn't been a great year for them, and and I, you know, my sympathy is 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 with them, but they can both turn it around, and I think they can use this failure to drive them to success. Uh, and I'm I'm actually I'm actually I've got a I've got a feeling that that Yath in particular, I think he's going to be back among amongst the top where where he belongs next year. And if Alphonsus Betts is, is still around, uh, I I might put a a few pennies on on him. I vaguely recall that I suggested Yath at the end of the last season was in line for an excellent season this year. So this just shows you how little my predictions actually mean. It's the Alan Hansen don't win anything with kids style. Exactly. Just, I mean, I, we haven't spoken about everyone, but um, you know, Liss. You know, I'm, I'm, I quite like Liss's teams because he's a bit of a gambler. Seventh. Let, let's see Liss really, really push for a title. I think what we're saying. There are a lot of snakes, snakes in the grass, yeah. <laughs> and sh- not everyone deserves their place at the top again. Some people will deserve to be in mid table, and I'm hoping I can go back that- into the mid table because I've, I, it's been it's been a, it's been a bit it's been a bit stressful this year. Uh, the hope and the expectations just crippling. So I'm lo- I'm looking I'm looking to to fall back to fall back and really focus on uh, the data analytics side of things. Uh, rather than this faffing around with, with will will he will he push for the title? No, I don't want to. I'm not enjoying it. Um, and I think going into the next year, that first window is so critical. I think a lot of the ty- a lot of the sides that, that really nailed the first window. Maybe it's just getting one big hitter. You know, Otamendi. He's 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 well, he's, he's, he's not been great, but he's been an upgrade over, over what he had before. And I think that first window. So I think we've got to look at. I think we'll have. To, we'll have. To, well, I think this is topic for another time. But a review of those pairs in Ke- uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Marshall. These were these were the the marquee. These days. were the marquee signings, and it's going to be interesting to see. I think we've had we've had the previous analysis, uh, and I think where Yap had a disastrous one in terms of in terms of points. But we'll, we'll the final reckoning will will um will show will show. The truth will out. Thank, thanks very much to Richard. I uh, hope you hope you recover in time. Uh, rise, you know, rise from the dead, as as is so appropriate for this for this weekend. Like a phoenix, I will rise again. Exactly. Uh, good luck for the rest. Good luck for the rest of the season. I think. Yeah. I think. I think it's really done. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks, Rail, for this uh, for this podcast. Um, see you both at the end of season dinner. Yeah. Which is definitely happening in the works. Is there a date set for that yet? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to bore all the podcast listeners with with the date for this. That will be taken offline. Okay. Just probably we'll see. TBD. Okay. So for so from our from our new studio in Clapham. Goodbye. <laughs>